What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Geno Time Podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Bet Online. My name is Tom Westrom. I'm joined by Nicole Yang, Chris Grenham. We've got kind of a grab bag episode. Grenham, hit it. Our good friends at Shades On Beer Company, they're going to sponsor the entire episode today. It's a giant Geno Time draft. The Geno Time Stout is now available, as we have told Geno Time listeners of late. We're going to have specifics on it in terms of where you can get it in the Boston area, but keep an eye out for it because it is now available. Keep an eye out for all Shades On Beer Company products. If you're in New England, if you're in Rhode Island and you're a Celtics fan, check out the Shades On Beer Garden and Tasting Room in West Kingston. And uh, really, if you're anywhere in New England and you're around there, check it out. Let's do a grab bag. We'll just kind of go around the horn here. We've each got a couple of things. Let's start with Nicole. Nicole, what is your first item for today? I'm going to go with the video that the Celtics posted on Twitter. It's Jason Tatum at practice and his defender is Ime Udoka. Everybody was probably very pleased to see that. I think that's what you hope would come out of a time like this where Tatum gets to get more acquainted with his coach, build some chemistry. And like, I feel like people loved the anecdotes when like Brad would talk trash or like shoot a mid-range jumper or something during practice. So whenever the coaches get in on the action, I feel like people always appreciate that a little bit more. Ime looks like a strong man. <laughs> like he moves Tatum, you know, out of the paint pretty easily. And, uh, you know, Tatum's not really fighting back, but just the fact that like, I mean, Jason Tatum, I know he's like skinny for a basketball player, but like not a small man either. He may just, uh, seems like he's, he's probably bench pressed quite a bit of weight. That matchup might not have even been like intentional. I think I saw a tweet on Friday that Team USA had six active players, like their game got canceled. So it could have just been like a pure numbers thing. And they're like, okay, Ime, you have to get in there so we can get some work in. Like it might not even been like a, oh, let me take on Jason or Jason like calling him out being like, oh, like, let's see what you got type thing. Like that could have been purely like circumstantial. I also think it's kind of funny seeing that because that's just not really normally in a head coach's repertoire. You're not going to see Brad Stevens last year going through like on-court drills a lot with his players. And you're probably not going to see, maybe we will, but normally you wouldn't see a head coach going through a lot of that kind of stuff with their players. So it is kind of funny to see Emi Odoka in this assistant role before we're going to be introduced to him in the head coaching role. And so just seeing him with a Celtic doing that was just kind of funny because in my brain, he's now head coach Emi Odoka. Yeah, sure. like whenever Brad took the court during practice, I feel like he literally would hoist uh, like 50 footer and then like look around make sure nobody saw it and then like go back to his duties like he was not on the court with everyone exactly no he was not and usually would make the 15 footer and then would look around to make sure that nobody saw it because he didn't want anybody writing a story about how brad stevens made a 15 footer because i mean that would have been like the worst thing to happen to brad stevens somebody (laughs) writing about him like that yeah he would have despised an article that said brad stevens is actually a good basketball player as well he would not have liked that attention at all so (laughs) much All right, well, Gretem, what uh, what's your first one here? Yeah, so mine is just the staff coming together. So we talked a little bit about Damon Stoudemire. We talked a little bit about Will Hardy from the San Antonio Spurs. The staff is slowly coming together for Emi Odoka. He must be having an extremely busy day-to-day schedule here because he's working on the Team USA staff while also filling out his first ever staff as a head coach. So he must be extremely tired. But he is taking every person who's available to coach who has maybe played professionally (laughs) and is from Portland. It's just a full Portland staff. 
Now we've got Aaron Miles, Garrett Jackson, Joe Missoula is reportedly sticking around. Evan Brads is also going to stick around. He has been on the staff for a little while, just as a, I don't know if he was a video assistant originally, but he's been around for quite some time. And then Will Hardy and Damon Stoudemire. But I mean, it seems like the Portland connections are kind of like welcome for all these guys. It seems like they really are proud of being from Portland. Peyton Pritchard is just going to be on cloud nine at all times. He might start. He might start over Marcus Smart at this rate. I'm not really sure if they're going to become the Portland Celtics or what, despite the Portland connections. Miles has a pretty good track record as a player and in Golden State. Garrett Jackson was, uh, I think he played for St. Mary's in USC. He went overseas for a little bit. These guys do have good track records, and I think they're putting together a really good staff. It is just funny that they're all from Portland. Well, I mean, I don't think it's an accident. Stoudemire is a grinder. He grinded and grinded and grinded and, and, and you know, came up to this point. I mean, I, I wonder if, you know, he might be in conversations about head coaching roles at some point if this goes well. Like, he's on, you know, a really good trajectory that way. Like, you know, you mentioned Miles. Like, he, he was promoted very quickly within that organization. So there's really good names in there. It, it's funny that they're mostly from Portland, and you're right that it doesn't matter. But I also don't think it's an accident that they're from Portland. I think that the, the connections there are probably have something to do with it. 100%. All right. So for, for my first one, there was a, a story that came out and I, like, I don't want to spend like too much time on this because it's literally doing the thing that I'm about to cry about. But there's a story that came out recently that was basically a fake trade. You can find it if you feel like Googling it. Basically like a, a way for the Celtics to go get Ben Simmons. The thing that made everybody on Twitter and everybody on, you know, the internet angry was that the trade included Jalen Brown for Ben Simmons. That obviously looks patently insane to anybody who has watched the team. My whole thing with it, and like, I think that basketball fans and like basketball Twitter needs to evolve out of this tendency, like Twitter in general, but basketball Twitter um, as like a, you know, a microcosm of it. We have to evolve past this point where we dunk on bad takes because all it does is encourage more bad takes. Basketball Twitter has been around for long enough. Like we we all know how this works. Like I, I think that people need to get past the thing where we're always dunking on somebody because all that does is encourage them to go for more attention. And that's getting really annoying. That's my minor soapbox of this podcast. You don't want to fully engage here, but if there is anyone out there who is thinking maybe, I mean, Ben Simmons is a good defender and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, maybe they don't have as much upside. Maybe this should, no. That would be a horrific trade for the Celtics. And it would never even come across their desk as an intriguing move. I do think the hunting for engagement is extremely frustrating on Twitter. Well, on, on both sides, right? Because like yeah. the people who are hunting for the quote tweets are annoying because like they're putting out bad takes. But then all the people quote tweeting are all saying the exact same thing, which is the correct take, but it's not doing anything. Like what did it do to be right on the internet? Also, I don't even think the Celtics are interested in Ben Simmons, like let alone giving up Jalen Brown. Like it's not just like, Oh, right. giving up Jalen Brown for Ben Simmons? No, it's like trading for Ben Simmons in general is pretty outlandish for the Celtics to even consider. What do you guys actually think the market, because obviously there's a report, I think from Sham Sharania that they were shopping. And what do you think the market actually looks like for him? Like what is a realistic return that the Sixers could grab? Because after the playoffs, I feel like people really, really were down on Ben Simmons, just like fans. I think there is still a good market for him out there. I think the Sixers are in a tough spot. I think that what the market is right now is is super like it's it's super deflated. I think this idea that they're going to get like a star for him seems insane to me. Unless that star is literally like requesting like a trade like right this second. Like if Damian Lillard was like, I want a trade, and it can only be to the Philadelphia 76ers, then I'm like, okay, then you might get a star for Ben Simmons because obviously that would be the deal. I, I think the Sixers are in a tough spot because they have to trade him this off season now. I don't see any way around it. Like they have to, and and his value is super low. If they hang on to him. 
what if he has a bad season next year? Like, what if he starts next season even worse? Like at that point, I mean, like you might be giving him away, you know? And, and, and I, I do still think there's a ton of talent there. I still think he's, you know, the D you mentioned the defense, Grenham. Like I, I wonder how much of this is just, he's in his own head in Philadelphia. Like Philadelphia is not an easy place to play. And like, yeah, Oh, he's soft. He's soft. Okay, fine. Whatever. But like something is still happening there that is not working out for him. So I still think there's a ton of potential. There's a ton of talent, but like, honestly, like a package, like, you know, I mean, just looking, thinking of it from the Celtics perspective, I don't think they would do this, but like Marcus Smart plus picks feels like his market to me. You look around the league, I mean, like project that around. Like, I think like a team's like third or fourth best player in a first round pick feels like to me, like what you might get for him. Like, I'm, I don't think his trade value is high right now. I don't think Ben Simmons is as bad as his most recent postseason. However, the amount of like offensive development since his rookie year is still very concerning. The major red flag. And it's right in line with a lot of the concerns that draft experts had about him when he was coming out of LSU. He doesn't really work hard on developing his game. And there's there was some serious, serious concerns there. And if you tie that together with his lack of development in the last couple of years, if you're an opposing team considering acquiring him, maybe giving up a first round pick in a deal for him, that's got to be just a giant waving red flag. Because I'm sure the question now is like, or one of the questions is like, okay, is this like a Ben Simmons problem or is this a setting problem? Right. But he's had two head coaches, one of which Brett Brown was demanding he take a, publicly, he take a three pointer every game. That didn't happen. And now you have Doc Rivers like coddling him. Still didn't happen either. So it's like, okay, you have these two different approaches. Neither is working. It seems like it's Ben. This is obviously it for coming from someone that does not know Ben and did not cover the Sixers. But like, I don't know. I just think that like at some point it has to come down to him. So then you have to wonder, okay, why would we give up so much if we? aren't even sure he'll have interest in developing that part of his game if it is like a philadelphia thing like if he just like if philadelphia is just like a toxic spot for him i think that would be really interesting you know it's a tough place to play like yeah it might be like a, maybe it is a ben thing but maybe it's maybe it's a ben thing that could get sorted out somewhere else but you're you're exactly right nicole like both of his coaches have kind of coddled him in a different way right like doc rivers did the you know whatever ben simmons is right now is fine and you know brett brown did the i want you to take whatever time you need and take whatever shots you need to be the best version of yourself <laughs> like those are two very supportive things to say to you know a young player and simmons got both of them and still never improved at, at the one thing that he can't do it is tough i mean i i, I still like last year after the playoffs i I was probably on this podcast saying that I thought Ben Simmons was better than Joel Embiid, which like in retrospect sounds like an insane take, but like Embiid wasn't always in shape and Ben Simmons is just a ferocious defender. Not a bad take at the time though. Like the questions around Embiid and his condition, the way he looked in the playoffs last year, it was very scary. If you were a Sixers fan or the Sixers and he had a MVP caliber season this year. So it immediately wiped that away. I think that was a totally reasonable take at the time. Well, I appreciate that, Grant, because I thought so too. <laughs> also, maybe if Wells Fargo just turned their in arena volume down a little bit, maybe Ben Simmons would be a little bit better. Every time I've gone to that arena, it's like your ears are just getting blown out of your skull. It's so loud in that place. So maybe Markel Fultz and Ben Simmons wouldn't have so much trouble if you guys just turn the music down a little bit. <laughs> also, now Jarrett Siddham's wife's dad is a new CEO. So wait, there's a Jared Stidham connection to that story. He is now the new CEO of the Sixers, Jared Stidham's father-in-law. Wow. 
Oh my god! Wow, I did not realize the Stidham connection. That is hilarious. And other potential moves across the league. Damian Lillard is obviously still uh, making headlines. Henry Abbott of True Hoop reported, I think, what everybody had been talking about, that Lillard was going to be requesting a trade in the coming days. Lillard then spoke at Team USA and was like, that's not true, which I don't think players are even allowed to like publicly demand a trade. So of course he's going to rebuff it, even if it is true. But he did say like he expects to be in a Portland uniform. He's going to be talking to Chauncey and Neil O'Shea. But he also did come out and say like, if you look at our roster, I don't think we're good enough to say like oh all we need to do is change the coach and we're a championship team so clearly something is going to happen there I think all of us probably think Dame will still get moved but it seems like he's leaving the door open for potential changes he at least tried to put forth that during his press conference that like no I'm trying like I want to stay but I think at the end of the day like there's just no way Portland can come back with something that will be convincing like I'm sure they're going to try and convince him to stay but I just don't think there really is an answer for them So it's still a little bit of a holding pattern there in that we're basically in the same spot, but the buzz just continues to build. It just like like you said, it feels like Dame is gone. That's where this feels like it's headed, especially because he said stuff like, you know, like like it doesn't look like we have a championship team right now. He wants to have a championship team. You mentioned how hard it would be to get to that point. Like CJ McCollum is not bringing back the player that Damian Lillard needs to turn Portland into a contender. There is no pathway, I feel like, to bringing in that guy. Like Dame is the disgruntled superstar. That everybody else is looking at. Like, if you know, there isn't another disgruntled superstar out there that the Portland could be like, we'll give you every pick in our arsenal. We'll give you every young guy. We'll do the Houston thing. The what? You know, we'll we'll give up everything to get your disgruntled superstar. No, Dame is that guy. And so, like, I just I don't I don't see it. It just to me, like from the outside looking in, it just does not look like there's any way that Damian Lillard is on the Blazers at the very least by like next playoffs. There it seems like there's no way that Dame is on is in Portland. Yeah, that's the thing. Like timing wise, I don't necessarily know how much. Urgency urgency there is around this situation this time next year I would be really surprised if Damian Lillard still plays for the Portland Trailblazers the Dame conversations feel very repetitive at this point kind of like Nicole said you know we're fanning the flames again and again and again everyone on Twitter is but nothing seems to be really changing like there's updates but they're very similar updates and it's still speculation about Dame potentially leaving but I don't think he's going to get traded immediately I don't know I just don't see this time next year him being in Portland Are all of us still, I feel like none of our thoughts have changed since the last time we talked about the Celtics potential pursuit. Really risky, probably not worth it given what we know right now because of the contract, his age, and just the state the team would be in at the end of that contract. Yeah, I think the only way that it makes sense is if you're, if you know that you're also getting Beal. You know, if you know that you're going to be able to put together something that gets three guys there and you're turning this into some kind of a super team, then sure, like have a conversation. But like just knowing what we know about what the package would almost certainly have to be and everything there. Yeah, I just like if you're the Celtics and you're thinking, hey, I'm probably going to move Jalen Brown at some point. I think you can do better than like a 30 year old, even though this is a really, really good, you know, 30, 31 year old. Yeah, I, I, I don't see it with Dame. 100%. You need the assurance of that greater package. If you're getting Beal or another superstar alongside of him. Otherwise, things could go really, really bad in that situation. And then suddenly Tatum's at the end of his contract. And it's just bad news. And your, your end goal, obviously, like we've said time and time again, is to keep Tatum happy and keep him here beyond his current contract. And the downsides of that Tatum scenario are very, very scary. 
Who do you uh, what do you what do you have for your uh, second grab bag item here? Dejounte Murray has come up quite a bit among Celtics fans, media, whatever over the last week or so. From my research, I think it is coming back to two things. One, Zach Harper from The Athletic in one of his mock drafts reported that, uh, this is the quote, it said, while it seems unlikely that the Spurs would move their pick, keep an eye on them being active with the trade machine around the draft. The Spurs have to figure out where they want to be as a franchise and what their plan is moving forward. They're kind of stuck in the middle right now. Murray and Derek White could both be gettable according to league sources. Now you combine that with the fact that DeJounte Murray has a green shamrock and a green heart in his Twitter bio, and you get lots of speculation. Now, my first reaction to that was, yes, maybe the Spurs are going to turn toward the rebuild mode, but why would you get rid of DeJounte Murray? He's a really good point guard who had a really good season. He's 24 years old. He's long. like He fits the modern game perfectly. He's not showing signs of major concerns in any sense. He's developing pretty well. From a Celtics perspective, he doesn't seem gettable at all. Sure, DeJounte Murray would be great, but you're not really going to be able to set up a great package around Marcus Smart to get DeJounte Murray in return, in my opinion, at least. like I just don't really see that being a likely deal. I'm sure Celtics fans see Marcus Smart and some picks as a pretty good package, which it is. But from the Spurs perspective, for DeJounte Murray, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And if you're looking at the other guard in this rumor being Derek White, Marcus Smart's a very similar player. And yeah, if they could get Derek White in there, who's a great point guard who's had some health concerns a lot of durability issues but a really good point guard who's unbelievable defensively just like Marcus Smart is yeah that'd be great you'd have probably one of the best defensive backcourts when they're on the court together in the NBA but not a whole lot of incentive in my mind for the Spurs to maybe swap those guards and get some more assets next to Smart so I like the idea here in theory from Celtics fans DeJounte Murray is a great player and so is Derek White but I just don't really see many likely scenarios where the Celtics end up with either of those guys you really make a strong push yeah devil's advocate let's say you're the celtics you want to build a team around jalen brown and jason tatum let's say that you actually that they actually were just looking at like jalen jason that's the team going forward why wouldn't you trade three first round picks like why wouldn't you just like load up the first round picks for Dejounte murray and if you're the spurs like you know especially if you if you give them one that's like pretty far out like if you're the Spurs, I mean, you don't know, like maybe the Celtics thing falls apart. Like, you know, maybe, maybe this doesn't work out. I think it's an interesting conversation because DeJounte Murray is really good. I don't think he is a 1A star at any point in his career, like 2A, 2B type guy. I think he could be really special. Put him next to Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And he's like, his contract isn't that much. He's on a four year, $64 million deal, you know, 15.4 million this season. That's like somewhat reasonable. So like, I can kind of see the vision if the Celtics just went all in on him, like, you know, try to keep like Rob because you're trying to build around this young core, but then you have bunch of young guys you could trade like Peyton Pritchard you could trade Aaron Neesmith whatever you need to do I suspect that somebody else would come in and beat it but maybe maybe if the Spurs are looking for picks maybe you could just load up on them I think why I kind of buy into what Tom is saying is because the Celtics are in win now mode they need to do something whether they construct this super team or whether they pursue someone like Murray drafting more young talent unless they get like a lottery pick or honestly like even better than that like top five top ten like isn't gonna do anything so they should like come up with some sort of move in which they give up picks and try and win now because if they don't win now like hanging on to Jason Tatum is going to be infinitely harder they have to go after some player and this might be something more like manageable for them I totally I agree with that 100% 
And if you're the Celtics, like, yeah, do it. You don't need to hang on to a bunch of the picks with your current roster layout right now. But if you're the Spurs, that doesn't make any sense. If you're the Spurs, even if you are getting a bunch of picks, say you are looking to rebuild. I don't think you need, if you're the Spurs, to blow it up to the point of where you're moving DeJounte Murray for some picks. Like, try to get rid of your vets and keep him in the fold at least for a year or two more because he's a good guy to have in the core. The easy answer, if, if you're if you're really blowing it up and you're going to move DeJounte Murray, just see what lottery pick you can get from right. him. Like, you could just yeah, say you don't like need three mid first round picks from the Celtics. Yeah. Three yeah. like picks from the Celtics that would genuinely be like pretty bad. Just doesn't isn't that intriguing <laughs> when you could go to the Warriors and say, Hey, we'll give you DeJounte Murray for your pick, and the Warriors are like, ew. Like yep. there's much better things they could do with their uh, but I think I, I do think it's somewhat interesting to wonder, like, okay, what is the type of player that if the Celtics decided let's go all in and add something to this team? Like, we are going to trade like four picks, you know, way down the line because we are trying to build a team that can win a championship right now. It is interesting to kind of look at, like, okay, like who is that type of player? I think Dejounte Murray is that type of player. It's just that, like, yeah, I think the Spurs you know, could do much smarter things with him. I think just to round out my second grab bag item here, my main takeaway is that. That the Spurs connection here between Derek White and DeJounte Murray, it just makes no sense with the Celtics. Because if you're the Spurs trying to move Derek White, which makes more sense than moving DeJounte Murray, you're looking for maybe an upgrade or like the Celtics just don't have the assets to really send back probably what they're looking for for Derek White either. And I just don't really see either of those coming to fruition is really my, my main takeaway. Agreed. Both really good players. Very appealing on the trade market, though. If- DeJounte Murray, like, if I'm if I'm a team in the lottery, I am calling the Spurs. A lot of teams he could really help. Yeah. All right. So the final grab bag item here is uh, something from Celtics Reddit, and I just thought it was very nice. This this post is is from user VT Sage. I work at a popular retail store downtown near the garden yesterday. Peyton Pritchard came in with his girlfriend, I think, and bought a lot of stuff. He was extremely nice to myself and my coworkers and told me to help other families when the store got super busy. The dude even filled out our customer service survey that's at the bottom of most receipts and said how great we all were. This might seem minor, but our boss has seen a customer service survey from a Celtic with such positive feedback is a big deal. Great dude. And I was just like, oh, that was a nice, nice story about Peyton Pritchard, courtesy of uh, VT Sage. I mean, filling out the customer service survey, like that's above and beyond in terms of being like a good dude. I, I respect that. So uh, shout out to Peyton Pritchard. That's extremely nice. He's probably in the best mood. He's got all these Portland coaches coming in. <laughs> like, Man, I landed in the best situation ever. I got to go fill out all these customer service surveys. <laughs> all right, guys, we can leave it there. We appreciate everybody who uh, who's listens, everybody who's left us a rating or a review. Thank you. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to get in touch, and we will talk to you all again soon.